1: red eyes staring back at me.
0: That they're going to show multiple gods
1: all over the earth to be able to speak in people's languages. And at that point, it kind of converge into this one entity, which will be revealed as extraterrestrial. You'll realize that aliens
0: are the gods of old. And at that point, the it'll wipe religion out of the context of humanity. No way. It couldn't have been a person. I know that. welcome to uncomfortable hey and I'm glad to be here glad to have you so tell me what's uh, that was a that was a very short email but you packed a lot into it and <laughs> and quite honestly um, there there was no way that I was not going to respond to that email yeah I
1: was um... I was pretty nervous actually when I sent it because I was thinking to myself. I was like, <laughs> listening to your show, you know, I had this idea in my head. It's like, you know, I've I've had some pretty weird experiences in my life. Mm. I mean, I don't know if it would be worthy of being put on a podcast, but uh, I just thought I'll give it a try. You know,
0: you know. I <laughs> well, I, I mean, from from the the briefness of the email and the uh, the the quantity. Of uh, Of stuff that you had in there, the quality, I should say, um, I, I think I think it's pretty worthy of being on a podcast, so well it's good to know. Why don't you uh, why don't you walk us into it let's uh, Let's start at the beginning and and take us through what you've had happen. All right, so
1: it all began really when I was about uh, seven or eight years old. Uh, living in California, Modesto, um, California. Um, my mom at the time was single mom. Um, I lost my dad to suicide when I was about four years old, and oh, goodness, at the time, right. yeah, it's all right. Um, so we were a little strapped for money at the time. She was looking for a new place for us to live. Uh, me, my brother, and sister. Um, and she had found this house in Modesto. We were living in Manteca at the time. Um, and it was, it was like dirt cheap. She thought, oh, that's, that's perfect. You know? Um, but she, because she was so desperate, she hadn't thought to look into it more. Um, and when we got there, the house was for lack of a better word, in shambles. It was not what was advertised. Uh must have been the reason why it was so cheap. It had a lot, uh, a lot of uh, fixing up to do. Um, and uh, we were only there for about a year or two, I want to say. Uh, so, the first thing I remember about this house... Um, was that there was this room with very unique flooring in it. Um, and it was sort of like a rug, but not really, it was sort of like stepping on, um, like imagine if the floor was covered in mold, but it wasn't mold. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very weird. Um, the thing about this room was, uh, during the day, it was fine. It, you know, there was nothing special about it. It just had this weird flooring. Um, but every night at, I believe, uh, it was nine o'clock every night, uh, you'd walk in there and it would just smell like, I don't know how else to describe it. Like death, like, like a, a body was under the house or something. Really? And yeah, it was, it was so strange. And after, after an hour, that smell would go away. As soon as the clock struck 10, it'd be gone. So,
0: so from 9, uh, 9 PM till 10 PM, it, smell, yeah. it smelled like death. Yeah. It was the strangest
1: thing, and that's the only thing I can describe it as because uh, I mean I don't know what a a corpse smells like, but it was sort of like uh, it couldn't have been like a human corpse smell because I hear that's that's absolutely horrid, but it was more akin to like a dead animal. Okay. Yeah, and um, and that's the weirdest thing. It, it during the day it smelled fine. There was no
0: smell at all um I, I'm, so i'm, I'm fat I, <laughs> I know i should be fascinated by the smell of death but i'm fascinated by trying to wrap my head around that your description of that floor oh yeah yeah it was weird i, I can't even imagine what was it I mean could you see the edges of it was it a carpet was it something that was or did it go completely wall to wall or um
1: <laughs> I really can't remember I I would like to say that it wasn't covering the entirety of the floor I think it was just part of it mm. like I think maybe it it just wasn't finished like somebody had ripped up part of the uh the tiling or something I don't yeah. know
0: hmm. okay so anyway <laughs> sorry that's yeah, that, that, that just a it's a it's a visual I got in my head that I'm trying to yeah. wrap oh, around yeah. wrap my head around.
1: Yeah, it's definitely burned into my head. <laughs> um so that was one weird thing about the house. The next thing, um I never I never heard anything as a kid, but my whole family described um hearing voices in the walls periodically as if somebody had turned on a TV and you no, know, they were just talking, mm. uh, just in the walls. And, you know, they would go outside and look around, nobody there. This was sort of a rural area. Um, our nearest neighbor was about, uh, man, I don't know I want to say, like, 30 yards away. I don't know. Um, but let's just say our, our neighbors were pretty sparse.
0: Okay, so you weren't stacked right on
1: top of each other. No, yeah. Uh, so it couldn't have been, unless they were talking really loud, it couldn't have been the neighbors. Um, and, yeah, they. I would ask them about it. I'm like, what did these voices sound like? And they they told me they sounded like, as if somebody had put on a TV and they were just watching TV, just voices coming through the wall. It was the weirdest thing. Wow. Yeah. I'm glad I didn't ever hear it because I probably would have been
0: (laughs) scared to death. Was it just your siblings that were hearing it or did your mom hear it as well?
1: It was my, yeah, it was my mom and my siblings that were hearing it. Hmm. Um. And,
0: uh, yeah. Um, so how long long did you guys end up living in that house?
1: I want to say, yeah, I want to say it was, uh, about a year. I think we didn't stay any longer than a year, year and a half, maybe.
0: And have all the experiences that, that we're going to be talking tonight, uh, is, is that all take place in that, in that same, same place?
1: No, um, uh, the majority of them would actually um, happen in the uh, house that I moved in when I moved into uh, Florida.
0: Um, okay, so I'm not trying to jump you around or anything. I was just curious. No, it's okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I think
1: the, the creepiest thing that happened in that house in California was, um, the night that, um, my brother was possessed by a demon. Um, I remember it was just a normal night. Nothing really was going on. Um, I remember him sitting in the living room with his head in his hands. Um, Sorry if my voice starts to get shaky. It's it's, it's been right. a long time since I take your time. <laughs> since I just, like went into this, um, yeah, he was he was sitting with his his head in his hands, and I just remember uh, him like mumbling to himself and him making like. He was sort of like whimpering and uh at at some point he 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 yelled. Um and it was like just nauseating. It was because he was he was shaking and like and whimpering and then all of a sudden he just goes ah! and he Later on, when I asked him what he saw, what he felt, this was years ago. This, I mean, this was years later. I mean, when I asked him, but he said that uh, he he just heard these like voice, these voices swirling around him, and uh, just saying just like these horrible things to him and mocking him and. I think I think he said at one point something touched him um and then like he didn't see anything visual until he screamed when he when he screamed like that mm-hmm. he said that he saw this like green ugly thing just fly like into his face and it, he said that it when it did that it made this sound it's like Bleh, like that As it flew towards him and into his body. Jesus. Yeah. I was thinking about it now.
0: So. At the point that this happens. What age are you?
1: I was. I I, want to say I was. I, I think I was seven years old.
0: Okay. Were you. Were you aware of any, any change in his, you know, I mean, obviously his sitting there and uh, reacting the way he was is a little off putting and probably wasn't typical for him, <laughs> but I mean, was there a, was there a change in him as far as personality or how he acted or? Yes. So
1: shortly after that, um, like I said, most of the things that I'm talking about, I didn't uh, personally experience. It was mostly what my family was telling me what was going on. Uh-huh. But um, being so young, I I didn't, you know, I wasn't like watching him, you know, I wasn't paying attention to his uh, mannerisms or anything. Right. But um, I did notice little things here and there. Like one day he would be happy go lucky. He'd, he'd feel fine, you know, and then all of a sudden he would go into this state where he was just absolutely depressed. He, he would, he would cut himself all the time. He would, um, he would, I believe he would disappear a lot and just, and then just, come back like nothing happened and um i think that uh, years later you're, you're when, talking
0: like on his own accord he would leave the house for a while you're yes, not, you're not yeah. saying he just came up missing
1: no yeah he would he would leave and okay um yeah and uh which he was prone to doing as a kid as well so that might have just i wasn't sure if that was the, the possession causing that or if it was just him doing his thing, but, okay. uh, years later when we asked him, you know, like, were you aware of what was going on or anything? He said that it was like, he fell asleep. Like when, when he would get depressed, he, he said that it felt like he would go to sleep and then wake up like days later, like you know, he wouldn't remember anything.
0: No. So like he was, he was not in control of, of what he was doing. Right. Yeah. Um,
1: I'm not really sure if the demon ever actually left him because ever since then he had problems.
0: Um, So you um, you think this has stayed with him?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm not not sure if he ever got delivered from it. Um, I know that we had people. uh, I come from a Christian family. I know that we had people pray over him. Uh, we never did any, like, exorcism or anything. That's more of a Catholic thing, I mm-hmm. think. But, um, well, you know, what we do, I'm not a denominational what we do is, like, we'll just we'll pray over that. It's sort of like an exorcism, but a little bit different, just without the holy water and, I mean, I don't know. I don't know very much about exorcisms other than what I've seen in movies. But, right.
0: Um, how would would he react when those, those things were taking place? Um, I don't
1: think I was around very much when these, this was happening. This was just things that were told to me. Um, I I do want to mention, uh, for a while there, I was sent away to my grandparents' house and I stayed with them for, uh, I think a year. Um, because he was, at that time, he was volatile. Like, they, my mom didn't want me to be around him okay. um, during that time. So a lot of this stuff is just things that, that were told to me um, that it, that uh, were happening to him, at least. But I'm not, I'm not sure if he ever got free of it. Um, he... He's currently in prison. Um, he had been sent to pri- prison previously and he was out for a couple of years, but he was sent back very recently because of, uh, you know, I don't want to get into what he did, but uh, he's always, always had problems. Uh, even before this, this thing happened, I think, I think it was sort of a, uh, it came to a head, you know,
0: so he always seemed to be a bit troubled. Right, yeah. And um,
1: yeah, even before my dad died, he was just always that way. But, yeah, so, he, yeah, he, he, had, um, he had all kinds of uh, mental problems as well. He, I remember uh, him talking to me about his schizoaffective disorder and how he would see um, things like, like bodies hanging from the ceiling and just rooms covered in blood. And then he'd walk back into that room and it was like nothing happened and just all kinds of creepy things.
0: Um, Good Lord. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he had problems. Uh, Do you know, was he... At any point during his life, do you know if he was seeking treatment for that, or was it was it going left unchecked?
1: um, any treatment that he got, I think he was forced into. I don't think he ever really wanted help.
0: I got you, uh, so it wasn't he, something he was actively seeking It was everybody right.
1: him. it was just like, okay,
0: <laughs> all right, bud yeah,
1: <laughs> you gotta get some treatment, yeah. but um, so yeah, that's. Um, I was relieved when he went back to prison, uh, because,
0: Oh, that's yeah, that's a, sad, <laughs> that's a sad thing to have to say. I'm sorry. It that. is. It
1: really is. Um, it just felt like the person I knew wasn't really the person I knew, you know, like yeah. my brother was a lie.
0: How was, how was your personal relationship with him? I mean, was he ever, um, disconnected from you or did you guys seem to have a, a pretty close Ooh relationship we yeah we we were pretty close
1: um there were times where you know typical <laughs> big brother stuff he would you know lock me in closets and you know and freaking uh he, we would be in a store together and i would hate it when when uh, somebody walked too far away from me when i was younger um and he would intentionally like walk super far ahead of me and, and act like he didn't know me. I don't know you. I don't know you. Who is this kid? You know, yeah. they would just hated it. Torment. Um,
0: tormenting you. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, he was, he was a douche a lot of the time, but, you know, I I still love him because he's my brother. Yeah. And I'm always going to love him. And I've forgiven him for a lot of things that he's done. Um, so our relationship was, was always... Pretty decent, I would say. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's a that's a lot to that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you had to go through that.
1: It's all right. Um, I, I think I think that I'm better for it. I think that the things in my life that I've experienced have made me who I am
0: today. Mm-hmm. Um. So. So did you, did you ever like later on in life, have you ever had like deeper conversations with your, your mom or your, your sister about the things that were going on that you, you weren't privy to at such an early age, but you know, what kind of things kind of set you on your ear as far as what they told you? Um,
1: you know, the funny thing is I never really thought to ask. It was just sort of something that, you know, we all acknowledged, but we didn't ever really talk about it very much. Mm. Uh, No, I I don't remember any really getting very deep into it. Um, I think we we would talk about it here and there. Hey, oh, you remember that time? And, you know, you remember that room that smelled like death? You know, all that kind of stuff. But no, we didn't really get very deep into it
0: Hmm. so where where do we go from here
1: well there is one thing that happened to my sister in that house that i'm not sure was paranormal but it it was inexplicable uh we we had this uh this metal hook that was grafted onto the ceiling of uh, the outside porch. And one day she was out there. I think she was talking on the phone or something. And out of nowhere, this hook just falls off the ceiling and swings. It it was like on a string or a cord or something. Swings and, and sticks right into her eye.
0: Oh, Lord. Yeah. Uh Jesus.
1: nobody knows <laughs> thankfully the damage wasn't permanent she had to wear an eye patch for a while of course but uh yeah she it, it hurt her pretty bad and so we ended up like you know cutting that that hook off and throwing it somewhere i don't know but it's just out of nowhere like nothing seemingly nothing caused this thing to fall it yeah. just unhinged from the, the ceiling and swung
0: right into her eye. <laughs> oh, man, that would, I remember being. That, that's so strange because, you know, I mean, had she been sitting a foot further away or, or in a different position, obviously it would have would have missed her in, unless it was, uh, unless it had some intent behind, <laughs> behind yeah, it. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. it It seems almost
1: intentional. It seems like every like that house was just out to get us. You know what I mean? Like, it whatever was in that house did not want us there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very malevolent, and uh, there was also this. Go ahead. uh, I was gonna say there was also this thing that happened to me. Also can't really say it's paranormal but it is really creepy you would like me to
0: yeah
1: okay so one night i was trying to go to sleep i don't remember what time it was but uh, i kept i kept feeling this this strange fluttering sensation in my ear and i my first thought was, oh, it's probably a moth trying to just, you know, get into my ear or something. So I kept like swatting. <laughs> <laughs> I kept swatting away. <laughs> um, kept swatting the air over my ear, you know, thinking, oh, it's probably you know, a fly or, you know, some bug. Uh, and I just kept felt, feeling this, this fluttering feeling. Oh, what, what
0: is that?
1: And, it got me really upset, and I got out of bed. i like, like, oh, my God, like, it won't stop. Like, it, it kept getting worse. And I start crying, and I start screaming. I'm like, there's there's something in my ear. There's something in my ear, you know. And everyone in the house woke up, and they're like, what? what, what is it? What's going on? Like, I don't know. There's just something. It feels like something's in my head. And uh, my sister's boyfriend was living there with us at the time, and he's like, Okay, um, I think I might know what it is. Just just bear with me. And then he he bends me over his knee, and he takes some water. Uh, he pours some water in, in the cap, and then he pours it into my ear. And after a couple pours, uh, out came a spider. Oh, my God. A freaking spider was in my ear, just crawling around. It was lodged in there somehow. (laughs) I don't know how. We found out that it was actually a black widow. A black widow was in my ear.
0: That's horrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was. I cut my ear off.
1: (laughs) And and you want to know the creepiest part about it? That's not it? No. To this day, I still can feel that fluttering from time to time. Not even joking.
0: Jeez. It's, yeah. It's, it's always there to remind me. <laughs> maybe, maybe you got a bunch of little baby black widows <laughs> that are crawling, crawling around around. inside your cranium. Yeah. Place. Oh, wouldn't that be something? Oh, that's awful. I mean, there yeah. there used to be a show on TV. I don't know if it is anymore or not. I I couldn't watch it. It was like, I think it was called "The Monsters in Me," and it was about different parasites and. And and things that were like living in the human body that we just have no idea about and it's like I don't need to know about this. I <laughs> yeah. I, I can't know. I can't do it. That's a big note for me. Definitely. Good lord. Yeah, that
1: yeah, was that was something, man. I'm just I'm knowing that it was a black widow is what's what scares me because if that thing had decided to bite yeah. The inside of my ear,
0: I would have been gone.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and nobody so, would have ever
0: known. I mean, who would think ex- to, uh, you know, if God forbid you would have passed away. I mean, if there would have been an mm-hmm. autopsy, what do you think the chances are that they would have looked in a, in <laughs> yeah, ear right. cavity to to see? Wow, yeah, uh, that's that's some nightmare fuel right there. <laughs> It really is. Um, I'm not. am not so sure. I'm glad you told me about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you call it uncomfortable for a reason. I, I absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, I don't even like having these earbuds in my ears right now. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be asleep at at tonight, and oh my god, what is that Damon fluttering? Oh wow! Uh, yeah. All right. So there, there was, a, there was a little bit more in your email that uh, that I haven't heard you cover yet. So let's let's get to that.
1: All right. What do you want to hear?
0: It's your floor, man. You you go. <laughs> All
1: right. So I don't really remember anything else happening in that house except this one last thing that. Absolutely is not paranormal, but was a really fun time that my mother has always been my hero for. Uh, I'm not sure if you want me to go into that.
0: Yeah, go ahead. Okay.
1: Well, my brother was chilling in his room also at night. And uh, he looks over. um, And there is a snake coming through the corner of the bottom of his bedroom wall. Get the hell out of that house, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um and he starts freaking out, oh my god, there's a snake in my room, you know, and it's just slinking across the wall, minding its own business, but we're all freaking out. Oh my god, somebody do something. Um <laughs> and what does my mom do? Uh she doesn't she doesn't pick it up. She doesn't, you know, get any conventional means of getting rid of it. No, what she does is decide, oh, I'm going to use a freaking electric meat slicer. And (laughs) (laughs) she takes, she takes one of those, you know, one of those electric uh, saws that use to cut meat, you know, like big turkeys and stuff, (laughs) plugs it into the wall and just starts sawing away at this thing's head. (laughs) (laughs) she chops the snake's head off with an electric meat cutter wow yeah go mom Uh, yeah it was brutal I just remember watching her do that I'm like oh my god my mom is the freaking coolest (laughs)
0: Jesus get out of the house dude
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah it wasn't. It wasn't long after that that we we got the hell out of there. Um, but that, yeah, that was the very last thing that I remember ever happening in that house.
0: And then uh, what? You guys, you guys packed up and you headed where? Was it Florida? Is that what you Florida?
1: Said? Yep, Brooksville, Florida.
0: All right, so you're leaving the the creepy ass house behind. Hopefully, you're moving away from all the uh, the weirdness.
1: Yep. Or so we thought. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so we move into this new house. It's pretty nice. It's much better than the last one. It's a, it's a trailer. So it's, you know, it's not great, but better. Um, I was about, I was nine at this time, about to turn 10. I remember my birthday happened shortly after we moved there. And the very first thing I remember being told about that house was um was shortly after we moved in and we had gotten our beds in there and everything, gotten a little bit of furniture in there. We were all sleeping one night and uh this is this is something that happened to my sister. Um she told us that um she was sleeping one night and um, she woke up feeling this, this presence in the room with her. And she looks at the foot of her bed and there is crouching this black creature with glowing red eyes. And she said that she just started screaming at the top of her lungs she got out of bed rushed to where the light switch was supposed to be but was inexplicably not there she said that she could not feel the the light switch as if this thing had made it so the light switch just wasn't there or made her not made her unable to perceive that it was there yeah and she's sitting there, struggling, screaming in the dark, trying to find the light switch. And she said she finally found it, flipped the light on, and this thing was gone. Mind you, she also, while this was all happening, trying to find this, the, the switch, she also said that she couldn't feel her doorknob. Like her doorknob just wasn't there, and she was crying and slamming on, on the door, and nobody could hear her. It was like she was in this... Vacuum. (laughs) Yeah, vacuum, exactly. And this thing was just there. It wasn't doing anything. It was just... I think it just wanted to
0: scare her. Did she... Was she ever able to give you, like, a description of what this thing looked like? Or was it just a black mass with glowing eyes? Um...
1: (laughs) Well, the only reference I have is... I, she must have described it because i can i can only i can imagine this this gargoyle looking thing uh with horns and it was just completely black, glowing red eyes uh I think she said that it was smiling too I could be wrong about that um I don't know how long she said that she was struggling in the dark to find. The light switch and the doorknob, but I think that eventually she she found it and she ran out of the room and uh, to just get away from it, obviously. And uh, she said that not one of us heard her screaming. She tried to, you know, she was screaming to get us to wake up, to come get her, to come save her, open the door or something. Mm-hmm. Nobody, nobody heard her. But then it was like nothing happened. Like everything was fine. Everything was normal. She wasn't sure if it was a nightmare or or what, but she said that it felt so real. And I think that was probably the creepiest thing that happened in that house uh, that I know of.
0: Wow. Well, that is, uh, that's strange. Especially, <laughs> you know, if she had been screaming and trying to get somebody's attention from outside the room, nobody hearing it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My poor sister. She's been through a lot
0: (laughs) more on the, more on the end of uh, unusual stuff or I would say, yeah. I
1: think the majority of things she's been through was very unusual. Um, there was this, uh, this other thing I remember describing on the other end of the spectrum. This was, you know, she said that, uh, and this was years and years after, um, she had moved out and everything. She was living with her boyfriend at the time and, um, she, she had gotten very sick I don't remember what it was. I don't know if it was an infection or what, but whatever it was, it was causing a fever so great that it caused her, her brain to pretty much start shutting down. Um, And she said, while she was in the hospital, um, she, she looked over and uh, there was this figure standing there ushering her and she, she shook her head. She's like, no. No, no, I'm not ready to go yet. And next thing she knows, she's she wakes up in a bed. This big, beautiful bed in this big, beautiful house. It was like a mansion. And she said that she felt like she had always been there. Like nothing, there was no transition. It was like, she was always there you know she didn't she didn't remember ever being on earth or anything like that it was just the only thing i could describe it as was heaven she was in heaven and she said that she she had this little pet tiger it was like a white tiger and she called its name and hopped up on the bed with her and she started to pet it and uh she said that uh she heard this voice said you know you um you can't stay here uh unfortunately you you know you have to go back uh, and you still have work to do and then she said that she woke right back up in the hospital and um that was it And Did, so yeah, I guess she had she had died, or had a near death experience. Yeah, woke up in what you know we believe to be heaven. And that was <laughs> that was a really really cool story. That's what makes me look forward to you know eternity. <laughs>
0: yeah, you guys think you you possibly have something that is uh, would be in lines with a generational uh, attachment.
1: Oh, like a generational curse?
0: Yeah, or or attachment, or I mean, I mean, you lost your dad very early in life. Did you know much about about his uh, about his dealings? About what kind of person he was? I mean, do you do you know at some point where your where your mom or your mom and your dad were they were they dabbling in anything they probably uh. shouldn't have or? Yeah. So actually pretty recently,
1: I, uh, up until recently, I never really asked questions about my dad. I didn't really care because I didn't, I didn't know him very well. I was only four years old when he, he died. And, um, I asked my mom, I was like, Hey, um, you know, my, well, Callie, my wife, she, she, brought up that I never really asked questions about, uh, my dad. And I I guess, you know, I, am a little, I'm curious now. I want to know like what he was like. Um, and she said that, uh, he was, um, he was, he was a military man. Um, when, before I was born, they moved around a lot. Uh, he said that, uh, she said that he, um, he was a he was a pretty great guy. He had his problems, like we all do. Um they uh they had been going to um a Baptist church where he pastored for a while and um he discovered uh, uh the Pentecostal denomination. And he thought, Oh wow, this is, this is really cool. I love the energy. I love, you know, I love the, the atmosphere. And so he went back to this, the Baptist church with all his his friends and he just, you know, he want, he wanted to, uh, he wanted to, you know, change it up a little bit. He wanted, he wanted more energy in the church. He wanted more, you know, Mm -hmm. all that. And, they just everyone that he talked to just shut him down. Like, oh no, that's that's ridiculous. We're not, we're not gonna do that. That's that's stupid. And uh, everyone that he talked to shut him down and it just sort of kinda it it put him into a uh really sad state. He he got depressed, you know, he started to fall away from his faith. Um I I'm not sure if he met with this man that I'm about to talk about, or if it was just somebody who knew him or who of him, but I remember my mom saying something like there was this guy who was a, uh, I think he was a warlock or something of that sort. And um, he, he had put a, a hex on my dad or something. I'm not really sure what it was. Um, I'm sorry if none of this is making sense. I'm just sort of, my my brain is very, uh, I'm very scatterbrained, so I don't remember a lot of the things that I'm told.
0: All right, just do your best, man.
1: All right. Um, You're doing fine. So, yeah, I guess there's this this warlock or this sorcerer guy, and he, he had done something to my dad and made his depression even worse, and, um he just spiraled, I guess, and then one day he just, he the last thing I remember, and I think this was the day he died, the last thing I remember about him was that he, I was sitting on his lap and he told me, hey um, I love you and I looked up at him and I said I love you too, daddy,
0: daddy, daddy Support for Uncomfortable is brought to you by Manscaped, the best precision engineered tools for your men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped Recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. You can join over 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer, 20% off, and free worldwide shipping with the code Uncomfortable22, all uppercase, at manscaped.com. Manscaped has provided me with their Performance Package 4.0, so I might give you, the listener, my honest opinion about their products. What they didn't realize is I've been using their products since the release of the Lawnmower 2.0 a few years ago i absolutely love this company's products the new lawnmower 4.0 complete with two different length guards and replaceable ceramic blades its new ergonomic design is waterproof rechargeable and now houses an onboard led light for those hard to see areas the lawnmower 4.0 shows off their new skin safe technology and greatly reduces the possibility of nicks and scrapes in those squatchy areas the 600 milliamp battery allows for up to 90 minutes of use between charges the grip even has a battery charge indicator and locking feature so it won't turn on in your travel bags. All the packages even include disposable shaving mats. Guys, they've literally thought of everything. Once you've knocked down that uncomfortable overgrowth, it's time to freshen things up down there with a couple of spritzes of Manscapes, Crop Reviver with Aloe and Witch Hazel Extracts to protect and soothe. Then finally, a couple of dabs of crop preserver deodorant to help keep you dry, reduce chafing, and make you smell like a well-groomed biped. I use these products daily, my friends, and believe me when I say, your boys will thank you. The kit also comes with the rechargeable Weed Whacker. This waterproof, replaceable dual-blade rotary trimmer, complete with skin-safe technology and stainless steel tips, the Weed Whacker makes short work of annoying nose and ear hair. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts with their performance package, the Manscaped Premium Stretch Anti-Chafing Boxers, and the Shed, a perfectly sized travel bag to house all of your Manscaped products. Whether things got a little too hairy during your last expedition, or you just want to look and feel your best for that next ET visitation or full figured apparition, get 20% off and free shipping with the code uncomfortable22 at manscape.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code uncomfortable22, all uppercase, unlock your confidence, and always use the right tools for the job with manscaped. Your balls will thank you.
1: That was the very, very last time I saw him. Wow. Yeah. And, no. um, I'm not going to get into how, you know, what he, how he died or anything oh, like that. Cause it's, no, it's no. depressing, <laughs> but, uh, I guess that's what, that's what really sent him into it, into that state is that experience, him getting shut down, losing his faith. Um, <laughs> this, this guy that he had an interaction with, I suppose, and,
0: and your, At least your, mom, my, your mom indicated that he was a warlock?
1: Something like that, something of that sort. He had some sort of, you know, he was some sort of sorcerer, Yeah, something like that. I don't know if she said it was a warlock or what, but uh, somebody who had the ability to cast curses and
0: hexes and that kind of stuff. Wow. Um, and the people that were that were denying your dad, his, his desire to, to switch over to the Pentecostal, um, way of, of preaching. They were, I, I assume those were members of his current congregation that, that didn't yeah. a part of it.
1: Yeah, I believe so. It was like his friends and his, his uh, his colleagues, I guess you would say,
0: um, Yeah, they just didn't want anything to do with it. Um, The more you keep talking, uh, the more I can't help but keep going back to the the idea of a a generational um, oppression or curse. Yeah, something um, that's that's followed the the bloodline.
1: It you know now that I think about it, it is very possible because
0: I I don't want to interrupt you, but I got to ask this or I'll forget. has your mom experienced any personal things like what your brother and your sister and you've witnessed? She did, but it, um,
1: she, most of the things that have happened to her, uh, were before all of this. Okay. When she was younger, I think even before she had met my dad, um, she said that at one time she was messing around with a Ouija board and uh, after that she said that she, she had a, a spirit of fear attached to her and she was just terrified of everything she couldn't go out she couldn't sleep she couldn't do anything she was just scared of everything and it took her years to get rid of this thing. And, uh, she said that, uh, at one point, she also thinks she saw, uh, an angel. Um, she said that, uh, she was just walking along the sidewalk and on the steps of this home. She saw this, this, uh, this figure with like, a bright, shining face. And, uh, it looked like, you know, a typical middle-aged man. And she said that she couldn't, she, she could not bring herself to look at its face. She just, <laughs> she just couldn't do it. Um, and then it disappeared. Uh, so th- those were a couple of things that I remember her telling me that she had experienced, um, I think that the Ouija board thing probably has a lot to do with what has gone on in my family's lives mm. that, and what my father had experienced with that man, whoever he was.
0: Yeah. Uh, I don't, but uh, I, th- I don't disagree with you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I think that, we very likely did have a genera- uh, generational curse or or something that was falling us, uh, specifically my brother. Um, but I think that if we did, it's not around anymore. Because I, I definitely believe and I've been taught that once you give your life to Christ, uh, all generational curses are broken that doesn't mean you can't still be attacked but any attachment anything has to you has to go right uh, so you <laughs> know I, I don't i don't think i think if there was it's not there anymore because i ever since i gave my life to christ i i have not experienced anything paranormal um that was when i was 18
0: uh, but now you had, you had indicated something in your email about having something thrown at you.
1: Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that was in, that was in here in Florida. Um, so, uh, this is a very brief story, but it is notable. I was, I want to say, I was either 14 or 15 when this happened. This was uh, a while later. A couple of other things had happened that I'll go back to. But uh, I was just walking through the kitchen. We had this this, uh, box that we always had sitting on um, the ottoman in our kitchen. And just walking through, you know, normal day whatever this box freaking just slides off the uh the ottoman straight at me and i'm like i stand there and just it didn't really scare me or anything because at this point i was just so used to all this stuff yeah i was just you know sort of desensitized i uh i just looked at this box i'm like okay so I pick it up and put it back and walk right on into my room and just carry it on with my day. It was very weird, though.
0: I mean, was it? Did it slide off like in an in aggressive fashion, or was it something that you could have looked at and just been like, "Well, it was sitting on the edge, and it just um, it happened to slip off as as I was walking by."
1: No, I don't think it could have slid off the edge because it was it was pushed far back. Into the uh, the ottoman, so like imagine like a like a shelf, and there's you know the there's two um, pieces jutting out, you know, on each side. It was like pushed a little bit into there, so I don't think like the wind from me walking by could have uh, caused that because I hadn't even turned the corner yet. Either, so I hadn't walked past it. I was still like facing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, But no, I wouldn't say that it was particularly aggressive. It was just sort of, I'm gonna knock this box off at you and see what happens. You know, take notice. Yeah. And (laughs) nothing else had happened to me that day. I guess whatever had caused it had determined that I wasn't really worth the trouble, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and uh, a little before that, well, not a little before that, a uh, couple years before that, I remember still being young. I was probably 11, 12. Um, you know, we had experience been experiencing these things in this house for a little while now. And my mom wanted to get a group of of people to come and pray over the house and, you know, anoint it with oil and all that. Um, and so they did, they came and everyone was, uh, I was just here, I was just there witnessing it. Uh, I wasn't really a part of it. Um, I didn't really truly understand what was going on at the time, I don't think. But during that whole session, uh, whatever was in the house did not want all those people there. It was not pleased that they were trying to rid the house of it. What kind of things Uh, were happening? So I remember just feeling the whole time I, I felt this very oppressive energy all throughout the house. Uh, it was mostly taking place in the living room. Um, we had this picture hanging on the wall. Uh, it was We hadn't cleaned it in a while, so it was pretty dusty. Um, one of the women who were anointing the house and praying over it had noticed on the picture and in the dust was written, Hell. Uh, and it was the... It looked like somebody had just you know taken their finger and wrote hell across the dust. Really, but yeah, and and the weirdest thing though was that it whatever it was had to have extremely skinny fingers, um, because the the writing was very thin. It looked like somebody like either had taken their pinky and done it or. Something had a very small index finger. Yeah, that um, so was pretty creepy. And then I remember the next, the next thing I remember happening was um, we were all standing in the doorway of my uh, my mom's room, and one of the women had started to struggle breathing. And she was, you know, she was (laughs) like that. And she was sort of like uh, up on her her toes, her tippy toes, you know, as if something was like lifting her up slightly. And something, I guess, was choking her. And everyone was, you know, frantically praying. And eventually it stopped. But (laughs) I remember watching that being really freaking creeped out.
0: Yeah, I would say so. I would have been, too. Yeah. Um, Yeah, things in that house never
1: really completely stopped happening. Uh, We tried, you know, we tried our best to pray over it and uh, cast anything out that was in there. But I, I think maybe things just kept coming in. I think maybe... Some of us were inadvertently inviting these spirits. Um, oh, really? Yeah, because it would settle down for a while, and then it would just start right back up again. Like, and it wasn't—it wasn't even the same stuff. That's—that's that's the thing. Like, you know, typically when you have a haunting, it's usually you know the same type of thing happening you know, whether it be cabinets opening and closing or doors or whatever, but these things were, it was so subtle that it was sort of easy to miss, but it was also not subtle enough to be dismissible. So I had mentioned that my, uh, my stepdad at the time, uh, my mom had gotten married to him shortly after we moved there. He, he would always say that all of his belongings would keep disappearing. Um, I think a lot of people have experienced this. It's very, I wouldn't say it's common, but as far as weird things go, I think that at least once or twice in our lives, we've all experienced something disappearing and just never coming back or something disappearing and appearing again in some random place Uh,
0: i can can attest to that uh yeah quite recently uh, about three weeks ago i i my son and uh and two of our friends we went did an investigation of a, a cottage that had some experiences going on in it and uh um one one thing in particular was they reported the sound of footsteps coming down the uh, stairway from the upstairs to the downstairs landing. So I wanted to make sure that I specifically miked the stairway during the recording process. I wanted to make sure that if there were ever any any sounds coming down that stairway that we'd have a microphone there to to capture it and during the during the setup for the evening. I'd gotten everything set up and I was going to um set up the mic stand with a, a a boom arm on it so that the microphone would not be laying on the uh on the stairway it would just be hovering right over the uh, the wood of the stairway <clears throat> and uh so I had my stand and I had the microphone and I had my cable but the um, the connection that goes at the end of the stand that actually holds the microphone in place, I went to grab that out of, out of my gear, and I had it in my hand, and I set it down on a coffee table, and I ended up... I got kind of discombobulated a little bit. I went and I did something else, and then I came back to finish doing what I was doing, and that that clip that holds the microphone was gone. And mm. so I started retracing my steps and I went back and I was like, nope, it wasn't there. It wasn't there. It wasn't there. And I went back to my equipment box and thought, well, maybe I just imagined p- pulling it out of there and it wasn't in there. Um, I spent a good 20, 25 minutes um, really really try to find this thing again and the last thing i wanted to do was actually lay the microphone on the floor of the stairway because i wanted it to be suspended i didn't want there to be like you know if the heat would kick on or the air conditioner would kick on there would be some kind of motion on the floor i didn't want i didn't want to get something that wasn't tangible and uh after about 20 minutes um I'd ask a couple of the other guys if they picked it up or if they saw it or they knocked it over, and, you know, the last guy came back down from the upstairs, and uh, I said, hey, are you messing with me, you know? And he's like, no, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, I'm trying to find this this part, and he's like, no, dude, I didn't take it. He said, I wouldn't do that to you. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I'm sure you wouldn't, but I got to ask because it's nowhere to be found and uh I, I went back over and he's like well where did you have it last and i said i walked over here and i've got this big pelican case that a lot of my equipment goes in and uh i put my hand in there and i said i grabbed it out of here and as I, I moved a couple of the cables out of the way it was it was sitting right there <laughs> wow it, it had gone back to being in exactly the same place it was prior to me pulling it out of the Pelican case and putting it on the, the end table. And that kind of took me back. I was I was like, okay. <laughs> you know, first of all, you know, one of the biggest things they wanted to do is, is get across the point that they heard things coming down that stairway a lot. And it would be accompanied yeah. with a, a, a cold gust of air or a cold breeze, you know, that would send chills up them. So that was something that, you know, from the first time we had a conversation about it, I very much wanted to make sure that we miked that stairway. So, you know, was, <laughs> and then, you know, you know, 20, 25 minutes worth of um, trying to get this done. And and then it it just shows back up. And it's like, was something trying to discourage me from, from following through with that? Or um, was that... Some, some way of indicating that, uh, yeah, you, you need to do this, you know, making it more stand out, um, which we recorded an awful lot of stuff that night, and, and I'm trying to create a show around the evidence that we caught. Uh, it's proving to be much more difficult than what I anticipated in the wow. beginning, just uh, trying to tie all of the evidence that we created or collected with the the content we were trying to, um, you know, it was basically designed to be a podcast during a live investigation.
1: Oh, okay, and, that's cool. Uh,
0: you know, the thing is, I wound up with four hours or four and a half hours of audio from five different sources. So, um, going through all of that and uh, paying paying attention to uh, whether or not we we caught anything that wasn't just us talking has proven to become uh a lot a lot of work but i can say this it w- it will come uh it should be a a fairly interesting show we did catch uh a number of things that I, w- I was surprised by and uh and one of them actually was the sounds of three creaking hardwood steps coming off of that mic that i had set up on Mm. the stairway so um it it was worth the effort (laughs) it's just uh it's just going to take a while to get it to the light of day for everybody so wow
1: well excited to hear that for sure
0: well spencer i can't uh i can't thank you enough for reaching out and uh and going over some of these things I, i i can't help but feel that uh you guys have have been a uh on, on the receiving end of, of something that is uh, generational. I mean, you mm. know, it seems that your your brother has had continued um, issues throughout his life, and you said a number of things have happened with your sister throughout her years. Um, it's, un- <laughs> it's unfortunate, and, you know... I assume now you and your wife, I assume you, you live in a in a different home than than the one down in Florida that you moved to. Yeah. Um
1: we were living in that in that house for a little bit um when we first got married, but now we're yeah, we've gotten away from all that.
0: Uh and and your life uh your life is unencumbered by any of the uh the weirdness?
1: For the most part, yeah. Uh yeah we, we haven't had anything really happen to us ever since. Um, there was this one last thing that I had experienced a very brief um, time we were living in a different area.: um, You and your wife Because No, uh, my my family.: Oh okay. Uh, my brother and sister weren't involved. Um, it was just me, my stepdad and my mother. Uh, we had unfortunately gotten evicted from that house. Uh, and we moved, this was around the time I was in middle school. So I was about 14. Uh, we moved to this, uh, this Little, I don't even know, community, I guess, called Daymac. Uh, and, you know, it was, um, <laughs> I think it was sort of specifically geared towards um, people who didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It seemed that way. Um, so when we moved in this house, you know, it was nothing special. The uh, Pretty small. Uh, my room, uh, was, uh, it was very uncomfortable being in there the time that we lived there because, uh, my bed was right next to this window where, um, somehow I do kept getting on my bed, uh. I I can't remember if it was because the window wouldn't close or, or what. But my bed would always be damp at night, and it was the most uncomfortable thing because there's nothing. There was nothing I could do about it. Yeah. Um, thinking back now, I could have just moved my bed away from the window. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't think of doing that. I guess I was just too lazy. I was just, ah, whatever, I'll just deal with it. But um uh, Yeah, so one night I was oh, man, I <laughs> a lot of the stuff that's happening always happens at night when we're trying to go to sleep. I just realized. Um yeah, I was laying in bed, trying to go to sleep. And I had uh rolled over and my closet was open and I I just glanced in there and i saw for a very brief moment these this this glowing pair of yellow eyes just sitting in there and it was like uh it was like right at the edge of the top of the door of the uh the the closet door um so and it was were, a, uh, the eyes were just below the frame yeah um and it wasn't like a super tall door, but whatever it was, it looked like it was st- like standing, and it was it had to be pretty tall because the door frame was uh, like a I would say like three feet taller than I was. Yeah, and I was about five four at the time, I think. Um, so <laughs> I, you know. I'm understandably creeped out at this point, so I turn over in my bed. I'm just trying to forget about it and shut my eyes and go to sleep. And then I felt this heaviness as if if somebody had laid down on top of me. And I was like, Oh God! Like, what is this? And I did not want to move. I was just—I was so scared. Like, I just eventually I fell asleep, and the next day I just tried
0: to shake it off and not think about it. But had that had that weight ever left you? I mean, did, did you fall asleep with with it feeling like yeah. it was on top of you?
1: yeah I think I did
0: I think so um was it just like a heaviness, or did it feel like something was physically laying on you like a heaviness yeah like um
1: <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to describe it's like if 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 air if air had been more dense than it actually was, you know, okay, yeah, and uh yeah, I just felt like this something was laying on top of me, and then. I think it was a couple days later, I was talking to uh, somebody about it, and they had been privy to the knowledge that uh, an old lady had died in that very room that I was staying in. After hearing that, I was like, wow, that makes sense. That is really creepy. (laughs)
0: That is creepy, but that wouldn't yeah. that uh, an old lady would not explain uh, eyes uh, at the the top of the frame of a door. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Uh, which
1: is one of the reasons why I I am of the opinion that uh, ghosts aren't aren't dead people. I I, I don't believe that. Uh, I think they would like us to believe that they are, uh, as a deception tactic. But I don't. I don't think that. Like I don't. I don't want to say everything is demons. You know what I mean. But uh, because not everything is. But um, I think that as far as ghosts that people deal with, uh, the majority of the time they're 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 demons. You think known so, at no? yeah. Uh, known as uh, familiars, and uh, I believe that every person has a familiar. That uh, a a spirit is assigned to us at birth, and they follow us around, study us,
0: uh, you know,
1: get to know every aspect of our lives.
0: And you feel that and, that a familiar is 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 placed on us at birth by 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 negative means or yes yeah like uh you know Satan Lucifer
1: okay. whatever you want to call them the enemy yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, I believe uh that uh, they're they're demons and the the whole point of them of uh, residing that I believe that they take our our place on earth when we die. Uh, Whether we go to heaven or hell or whatever, uh, I believe that the purpose that they serve is to convince people that they're they're dead, deceased loved ones. And the whole point is that to get people to all agree that when we die we stay here on earth, you know, what better way to convince people there is no heaven or hell if you know, we stay here, you know, or purgatory or wherever.
0: Uh oh, that's an interesting take on it. I don't know that I've ever
1: um Yeah, I was actually, um I didn't always believe that. I uh was in a car ride with a family friend. And uh, I was telling him about how, oh, like I love watching, uh, you know, ghost hunting shows. I love watching like uh, people going in haunted houses and you know, ghost ghost hunting. I love it; it's great. And he was like, "Well, I believe that uh, these that these ghosts are not actually what we think they are. I don't think they're they're dead people. I think that they're." They are demons they't as familiars, you know blah 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 everything I had told you just yeah. now and you know i didn't <laughs> I didn't want to hear it you know I was like ah oh, that's that's bullcrap I don't think that's true but uh you know as I went through life and after I got saved and everything i I really started to believe that because it started to make a whole lot of sense you know uh, hmm. but uh yeah that's 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 my take on it
0: that's interesting. Um, yeah,
1: I'll so have I, some, I
0: I'll have to put some thought behind that. That's <laughs> that's something I've not considered.
1: Yeah, um, and as as for you know, mm. as for aliens and all that, I'm I'm not really sure what to believe about aliens because that's more so on the scientific side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, if you think about it. The paranormal art is just science that we don't understand. Exactly. Uh, uh, well, the yeah, yeah. weird
0: is because we haven't figured it out yet.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, if I <laughs> if I had the intelligence for it, I definitely would want to be a part of a group that uh, that studies um, the science of spirituality. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't even I don't know if something like that exists, but if it did. I would definitely want to be part of that because I'm super into like frequencies and dimensions and all that kind of stuff.
0: Frequencies Uh, have been coming up an awful lot in, in in a lot of conversations that I've been having recently. And I think there is something to it. I think frequency plays a big part in how these things are um, accessing our perception, uh, putting themselves in, in a position that, that we recognize their existence. I think it's, it's all based on frequency and vibration. So
1: Definitely. Yeah, yeah. and I would say that... Uh, I'm sorry, are you still talking?
0: No, no, that's fine.
1: Okay, um, I would say that uh, everything is connected. Absolutely. Uh, like, for me, because I'm a Christian, everything comes back to the Bible everything that i i hear or experience it it all solidifies my belief uh that that uh you know jesus really is the way the truth and the life you know like it all just because i'll i'll hear something i'll think about it and i try to think about how that uh, is in relation to all of creation, how it all plays into, you know, the grand scheme, the grand calculus of the uh, the universe or multiverse or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just the more I think about it, the more it all makes sense. The more I just realize there there really are two sides, you know, like. Like you know what Joel was talking about, how you know the government—they're—they're they're all the Illuminati. They're—they're they're devil worshippers. They, you know, they make sacrifices. They do rituals. I really believe that, mm-hmm. you know, and they really do too. And there's got to be a reason for that,
0: you know. And uh, I think there's enough evidence out there that is uh, is pretty easily found that uh, there are a number of. High-powered, influential people in the upper one percent, the upper echelon of uh, people who control the government and big business, and and you know control the, the majority of the money that uh, that they do, they do dabble in some bizarre stuff, and it sure makes you wonder. Oh, definitely.
1: And, uh, I love what, what he said about, uh, you know, if you try to get out of it, they will deliver when your life, you know, either that or kill you. Yeah. Um, and my wife was telling me how she, uh, she had read somewhere. I think it was that, uh, Michael Jackson, before he died, he, he had called his, his sister and said, they're after me. And she says, who who's after you, Michael, what are you talking about? And it's like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't really say, I I can't
0: talk about it. I just know that yeah, they're I've after heard, me. I've heard that recording.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, the, you know, I think it was like a couple days later that he was found dead. It's like, if that's, if that's not convincing, I don't know what is.
0: Yeah. You know, there's strange they're, stuff.
1: Definitely. Um, but uh, as for things that have happened in my life, that's, that's about it to date.
0: Well, hopefully things remain calm for you. I, I, hope, <laughs> that, I hope that for you and your wife and uh, hopefully your mother as well, um, the rest of your family. Uh, good luck to your brother. I hope that uh, he finds some peace at some point and... I want to thank you. I appreciate you taking the time to reach out and and come to us with your your story and it's interesting, thought thought provoking stuff.
1: <laughs> well, and I want to thank you for, you know, deeming me worthy of being on your show. You. I'm, I was really excited to be able to be on. Um I I honestly didn't think I was going to be having this conversation right now I just thought oh you know I'm just gonna shoot my shot and see what happens and I was really excited to see your email back and yeah and I, I love what you're doing um I love the topics I especially loved the uh the uh dinner with a witch episode that was <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that, that was, seems to be a very popular show yeah
1: <laughs> yeah that was man Uh, something like a lot of the things she said because I'm a Christian. I'm like, man, like I just, I just draw like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, draw, uh, uh, similarities, I guess you would say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know we are on a kind of a, no, that's fine. Okay. Um, but I was just I, I was thinking about the thing she said about uh the hex that she put on that person. How she made them puke lead mm. for three weeks, I think it was. Yeah. God terrifying. <laughs> um but interestingly enough, I was I've always been taught that uh those of us who have given our lives to Christ completely and uh have have been saved we we are actually uh immune to magic we we cannot uh cannot be harmed by i'm
0: gonna disagree with you on that think so yeah personal experience yeah okay someone i knew very well um they were susceptible to it Mm. you know and and i think uh you can you can find throughout uh not too much investigation. You, you can find people who are very, very devout in their religion and, you know, are still affected by these things. Mm. And I don't know, I don't know why that is there. There's, there's gotta be, you know, there's, there's a number of, uh, possession, um, stories that come out of uh you know very near the vatican in fact you know very 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 devout um believers and uh you know even to the point where they they attend services and 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 go into churches and but yet still still have uh have to grapple with these things but um I hope you're right. I hope you are right. But I, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, my, my fear is that, uh, that's not always the case.
1: So, um, maybe, maybe, um, I would say that, uh, it, those cases and I don't know, I could be wrong on that, about this, but I I wonder if it has something to do with their, you know, what, what exactly are they devout to? Is it their religion? Or is it their relationship with God? You know, because you can be religious, but that doesn't mean you have a close relationship
0: with God. You know what I mean? And that's my big problem with uh, conventional, uh, organized religions. Um, It it seems to be more about your your faith and your um, your your devotion to your church and to your pastor or your priest. And it becomes more about uh, how devoted are you to the amount of money that you can contribute to to their causes on a uh, on a monthly basis and uh, you know to me a a uh, a relationship with the creator, whoever you feel that is, I think it's all the same. I think all the mm. religions throughout the world uh for the most part are based on the same uh the same entity. Let's mm. call it. You know, so, you know, what one person calls God or the other one calls Yahweh or the other one calls, you know, whatever whatever religion you're in. I think it's all the same. It mm. there's there's too many similarities through so many different religions. And you know, the the one thing with mankind is that we are we are terrible we're terrible things on this world. Oh, we, once we understand that we can push a narrative and change people's beliefs to fit and benefit our narrative, we do that. And, mm. you know, just so, I mean, how many different versions of the Catholic religion are out there? You know, I mean, yeah, and, you know, like you got the Pentecostals and you got this and you've got that. And it's just, it's not about us and, and the people that are preaching to us. It's not about that. It's about exactly. your your relationship, your personal relationship with your creator. And, uh, right. you know, so that that's where I'm at. And, uh, you know, if you want, I mean, I, I went to a Christian uh, a Christian church, a mega church. Um, and on my second, I believe it was our second visit there, I was approached by somebody from the church saying, "Oh, I heard you want to join the church," and I said, "Well, you know, I never said that," Um, but you know, so he started to give me his spiel, and uh, he wanted to set up an appointment for us to to come in, and he was going to need the last three months or the last three years of my financial returns, um, so that they could determine how much that I was going to tithe to the uh, to the ministry. Oh my goodness! And when the when the pastor walked out in front of the crowd, I was struck immediately by the fact that he was wearing a twenty five hundred to three thousand dollar silk suit. <laughs> you know, there was literally Man. literally a Starbucks type uh, coffee house in the in the front of this church. Wow! They had television cameras. <laughs> They had television cameras in the, uh, the service. Mm-hmm. And when you walked out, the DVD of the service you just sat through was available for you to buy on your way out the door. Wow. Quick work, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and the, yeah. thing, the other thing that struck me about that, uh, that, that, community Christian church was there was not one, um, there was not one image of, of Christ or a a crucifix or anything that would point to, uh, conventional, uh, iconic, uh, imagery of, of what we associate with religion. Mm. And it, it was just, that was very bizarre. And you're going to ask me, you're going to tell me that I have to provide my financials so you can determine how much money I'm going to contribute to the church. No, thank you. I'll, I'll continue continue uh, to do it in my own way.
1: (laughs) That is, that's really messed up that I have a big problem with churches like that for sure. Like my, like a lot of the stuff that you described um, is in my church, but we don't we don't expect money from people. We don't need your money, you know. God doesn't need your money, and we're taught that like when when we give, when we tithe or whatever, that's that's not for God's benefit. It's not for, you know, it's 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 simply to further the the the, the growth of the kingdom to 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 fund. Uh, you know, missions to fund, you know, uh, getting food out there to people, to, to, to building projects such as like, we're, we're trying to build a uh, a pregnancy center for, for young women who um, are, you know, trying to, thinking Mm -hmm. about getting an abortion, you know, we want to give people options, we want to give people, you know, a safe place that they can go to where, hey, like if you want to get an abortion, you know, that's, that's your choice. There's nothing we can do about that, but we have options. We we want to help you, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we also have like TV cameras. Uh, I know a lot of people have problems with that. Um, I've always just, just, you know, thought about it as, want we want to get the the gospel as as far out into the world as we possibly can you know for all to to tune in and whatever but it's not it's not like a publicity thing it's not like a ooh, look at me, look at our church you know and I think that's the problem with most churches that's what it is that's like they're they're high on their own success yeah you know it's a it's 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 a
0: business it's <laughs> well I'm gonna say this. And I, I mean absolutely no offense towards your, your church, but <coughs> do yourself a favor. Don't ever get a wild hair and decide to start digging into how much the leaders of that church make a year. Mm. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's all I'll say about that. I got you. Uh, Spencer, uh, listen, we got to wrap things up here. I appreciate you taking the time and bringing these stories to us. Um, A lot for people to consider. You know, not everybody has a story about a a demon that uh, came through the ceiling and and grabbed him and snatched him up and took him away (laughs) or you know bigfoot uh crossed in front of their car and slam their fist into the hood while they were driving by i think uh, i think all these things are are worth talking about and i think they are all valid and and will answer questions for at least somebody who is listening to the show so yeah
1: definitely um well i i i appreciate like i i, I appreciate you uh Letting me come on, and it was it was a blast uh, talking to you.
0: Good good conversation for sure.
1: Yeah, Uh, and uh, yeah, just thank you for your show. Thank you for this opportunity. Uh, I love your show. You're doing a great job. Thank Um, you. I appreciate that. Yeah, and don't quit. Uh, No plans on it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, was it was awesome. All
0: right, Spencer. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night. I want to hear your story. I want to hear your experience. So email me at contact.uncomfortable at gmail.com. If you enjoy the show, then leave us a rating and a review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. Share the show on social media. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram and Twitter, all at Uncomfortable Podcast. And until next week, my friends, stay uncomfortable.